0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Wapoo Show Podcast. It's your boy Chris here, and I'm back with another review for you guys. This time, Martin Scorsese's The Irishman. So let's go ahead and jump right in. So first and foremost, what I want to say is the just a warning for you guys, especially if you haven't seen this movie. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. If you haven't watched The Irishman yet, which I believe it'll be releasing on Netflix next week on November 29th, uh, definitely watch that before you hear this review because i'm definitely going to go into all the details but yeah guys spoilers 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 final warning all right let's go ahead and jump in um so uh just my my first thoughts on this movie is i mean i love mob and crime thrillers i'm just i've always been a big fan of those movies goodfellas godfather uh even the departed was you know very one of my favorite films um, so this one is definitely feeding off that same energy. It's your typical mob crime thriller movie. It's got Al Pacino. It's got Joe Pesci. It's got Robert De Niro. Um, but yeah, just I think when this movie was announced, a lot of people were one surprised because Mars Scorsese was making a Netflix movie, uh, and uh, two was that you know you had all these A-listers all signing on to work in a Netflix movie, like, it'd be, I mean, never in my life that I think I'd see, uh, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro working with Netflix to make a movie with Martin Scorsese, so I'm like, shit, that's, that's some top-notch stuff right there, dude, like, that's, that's peak, you know, Robert De Niro is peak crime mob thriller guy, he's, he's, he's a legend in these genre films, man, so, um, that alone had me interested and piqued my interest and in just being able to, like, you know, wanting me to see this, and, um, uh, I think I was a little kind of heartbroken at first because, you know, I was like, oh, well, it's releasing on Netflix. I would like to see this on the big screen, you know. And then, you know, they, they released that they are going to, you know, release it in theaters, I think, two weeks prior. So I did get a chance to go check it out uh, before the, I guess, the wide release on Netflix. But, um, yeah, I think my first impressions of the movie, it's solid. It's a very solid film. It's your typical Martin Scorsese, drama-driven, emotionally-driven characters. Uh, it's just an all-around solid film. My only issue with the movie is that it's too fucking long, man. It's three and a half hours long. I didn't even realize that we had sat in the theater that long. One, um, because the first, I'm going to say two, two, uh, two and a half hours, are you're completely enticed by what's going on in the story, and You know, how it's constantly building tension and then it's starting to close, you know, it's starting to close those loops that it's creating earlier in the story and you're getting that closure. And then the last, I want to say, hour, 45 minutes, I guess, where the film's kind of coming to the climax and it's reaching its end, it really drags on, man. And I think that's the only thing that hurt this film for me is that it's just too damn long. I really don't think it needed to be three and a half hours long, in all honesty, because. That, that whole ending scene where, you know, after the climax has happened, which... Spoilers. Uh, Robert De Niro's character, uh, Frank uh, Sheeran, who's been working with the mob family. Who's had a, you know, strong relationship with Jimmy Hoffa and became best friends with Joe Pesci's character, Russell. Who's one of, like, the uh, the bosses in this crime sort of family or syndicate that's going on. Um, it's just... I don't know. It just really drags on. You see, like, these effects... Uh, and it's more of like Robert De Niro's character, Frank, after he's already old, he's in a home and his family's like kind of avoided him. It's, it's kind of just, it's bringing out the details of how lonely he is. So he, the story's being told from Frank's perspective at, I'm pretty sure he's in a home. You don't know who he's talking to, but he's kind of confessing his sins, right? He's giving all the details of everything that he's been through, um, with this whole crime syndicate that he was working for. Uh, and his relationship with Jimmy Hoffa, and how the events turned, and how he ended up being the one killing Jimmy Hoffa, right? Um, so, like that last hour, 45 minutes or whatever, so, I can't remember entirely, but it just really dragged on because it was more of what was his day to day life like? How is he dealing with this grief, you know, being alone? His family's left him. He doesn't have a good relationship with one of his daughters, Peggy. Um, and. It's just how he's, I guess, yeah. It's just mainly how he's dealing with the grief. And, then, like, I can't even really explain what it's for because it, it just felt really empty. And it felt like they were just, it was filler. Like, they were dragging it on. And he just kept filling. And you have these guys that are, like, I think the, pretty sure they were FBI or CIA I can't remember. Constantly coming to question. I mean, this guy looks old as hell. Robert Niro looks really old in this. I think the the, the makeup team did a really good job. He's in his wheelchair. And there's this chilling shot where the camera's panning closer, and he's just kind of sitting there by himself. And you got this shot of the back of his head, and you can tell he's just—he's given up, right? He's got nothing else to live for. <laughs> so these cops are constantly interrogating him, like they—they they kind of know what happened, and um, it—I think they kind of reveal that Robert De Niro's uh, character Frank Sharon um, is the last one to still be alive. Uh, from that crime syndicate family that he was working for, from that mob family. So all the all the big names have already passed, and Frank somehow outlived all of them. So he's the only chance that these cops have to get a full on confession, uh, so that he can finally charge somebody for the death of Jimmy Hoffa, which, as you know, they never found Jimmy Hoffa's body. Um, so yeah, that's that's the little uh part that I just didn't like about them. It just it just dragged on. It was way too long. And uh, uh another thing is like the issue with the plot like i said he's it starts off with him you know you see him very old he's in the he's in the retirement home and he's kind of narrating so uh frank who robert de Niro's character is kind of narrating the story and that's kind of how it starts like starts the film is he's kind of telling his story of how he got to know this family and how he got to become a boss in this in this crime world right but it never reveals who he's talking to you don't know if he's confessing to the cops you don't know if he's confessing to uh, maybe one of the workers there at the retirement home or even the father, the the priest that comes and, you know, prays for him every, uh, I guess, once a week or something like that. I couldn't really tell, but he comes and prays because, you know, after all that Frank's been through, he's, uh, he's adopted a life of, you know, of Christ. So now he's trying to be religious and he's trying to, you know, uh, I guess he's feeling a lot of regret after what he's done um so yeah he's, he's got this priest that comes and prays with him and prays for him at least once a week I'm, I'm not sure I can't remember but yeah you don't know if that's who he's confessing to like you never see who he's speaking to he's kind of just openly narrating this story of his life but uh yeah that's the only negative thing I thought I think the all around uh, other than that if the movie would have been cut down to maybe two hours two hours 45 minutes it would have been solid even would have even been better but Other than that, I think the movie's great. The acting is astounding. I think that's going to be the huge selling point, is just the acting, man. I think Robert De Niro and Al Pacino did freaking amazing. Like, holy crap. Uh, It's just, I was completely enticed by their performance. And, honestly, Robert De Niro steals the show. Um, There's something about Robert De Niro, man, on how he plays his characters. He's really good at playing characters who are kind of closed off, uh, don't really show any emotion. And, um, like, just hard, tough guys, you know? He's got that, that, that thing about him, right? He's he's always had that sort of tough guy demeanor. Even in his comedy movies, like uh, Meet the Parents, or He's the Dad, but, like, he works for the C.I.R. or some shit. He still comes off as, like, this hardened, tough guy, right? So I think uh, Robert De Niro is, like, a perfect casting for this character. He's playing a guy that kills people for the mob, right? Um, so you got to have some sort of emotional lock, on how things don't really affect you and that's how it plays in this movie like you see uh, a numerous amount of times of when the mob needed De Niro it's a character Frank to uh, take out someone that was causing issues or take out someone that uh, maybe did the did the family wrong and while he's doing these kills it's more of a the way he's narrating this in the movie and the way he describes the killings it, it's more of like he was his character was not in control of these situations. He was just kind of experiencing these things, like it was cathartic almost. Like he just had no control over. It. He's like, hey, they told me to kill somebody. I had to kill him, as if somebody else was controlling him. You know, and uh, that's that's the chilling part. Like that's the part where I think Robert De Niro really does the role really well because he he's just riding off of that hardened man, like he does no emotional effect. He doesn't feel anything. It's just an action that he's doing a circumstance that he finds himself in. And it just, yeah, it ends up with somebody getting killed. And you see multiple times in the movie, him having to, you know, do his hits and just killing people. And it, it there's a funny little reference on how they had to get rid of, you know, every time they kill somebody, they went to the same spot to get rid of the evidence, right? So they throw the guns into the harbor. And it's always the same spot. And there's a funny little joke he says, like, you know, if the cops were ever smart enough to check that harbor, they'd find enough guns to arm a whole army, right? So <laughs> that's a, that was a cool little cool scene. And um, just, yeah, I just, I think the character development of uh, Robert De Niro's Frank Sheeran was also really well done and really well crafted because you see him in multiple times in his life, at different points in his life. So when he's young, when he was back in the army, fighting in the war... Um, you know, against the Nazis and stuff, and also how he ended up meeting this crime family who he was intro- introduced to through Joe Pesci's character, Russell, um, and they kind of just, you know, he they kind of like, I, I want to say Joe Pesci's character is more like a father figure for uh, Robert De Niro's uh, character, um, cause Russell kind of took Frank underneath his wing and he introduced him to the, to the major bosses and he was getting him jobs on the side, um, not killing directly immediately. Like they didn't really, they didn't hire the guy on to start killing people, but, um, he was doing a lot of like money transferring jobs and fraud. And, uh, I think he was even doing some like stealing and stuff for them. You know, they're the mob, you know, was moving money everywhere and they were using a lot of public. Uh, forums as fronts to kind of hide how they were moving their money. One being Jimmy Hoffa's uh, kind of being in charge. So Al Pacino's Jimmy Hoffa being in charge of like a a union, right? And they were using these unions to sort of use the pension money to kind of move money around and pay off their guys. And yeah, it's it was some pretty shady shit back in the day, man. And, uh, and I think that's one thing that's also a high point too is Al, Al Pacino's Jimmy Hoffa. He plays this character with such gusto just that, you know, peak Al Pacino, like yelling, like, ah, like he's always looks like he's chewing on gum or something, but <laughs> he was a really good character, man, he played the character with such like emotion and force, and you kind of feel bad for the guy at the end of the movie, you know, when, when Robert De Niro had to go and kill this guy for the family that he's working for, because, you know, they, throughout the movie, they kind of developed this relationship, this this bonding friendship, and where they had this uh, undying respect for each other and they knew the circumstances they were in and sometimes they just couldn't avoid uh, it was more of a matter of destiny I guess like Jimmy Hoffa was getting screwed over he ended up you know I think this is the time when and they, there's so much going on in this movie and I think that's a little bit where some people can get confused this is during the time when John F. Kennedy was hired as you know he, he became president he was elected through the help of the mob apparently the way they described it in the movie and then, you know, it ended up biting him in the ass because, you know, JFK ended up uh, hiring his brother, Robert, as the uh, attorney, uh, attorney general, I think, or something. And Robert was going fucking hard as hell to get the mob down, man. He wanted to take out the mob. That was his first goal. And um, it created a lot of issues. So, it ended up finding a lot of dirt on Jimmy. And he ended up going to prison. So, Jimmy lost his spot as boss at the time. And it was handed down to somebody else who was next in line, right? So it's kind of, it's the mob is just it's handled like a businessman. So they kind of they kind of take the punches and then they they kind of uh, pick themselves back up and, and start off again. So uh, once Jimmy gets out of jail, he's kind of pissed off that he you know he's not able to get his position back. He essentially was the one who came up with the idea of utilizing the union to uh, kind of take advantage of the pension system and you know use it to move money around. Uh, so the mob family at the time refused uh to give him his position back and then that's where you got the whole tension and this is kind of happens towards the center of the film like the middle of the film where that tension buildup starts happening right because you know something's gonna go wrong because you have basically an unstoppable force being the mob family and then with an immovable object being jimmy hoffa where jimmy hoffa is refusing he's like hey Because at the time, he still has control of the pension because the union was under his name. Um, So he's put the pension on hold and has used it as leverage. Hey, if you guys don't reinstate me as the president of this union, basically becoming a mob boss again, um, I'm not going to release the rights to the pensions. So you guys will have zero money. None of you guys are getting paid. I'm in charge of all the money. So the mob didn't fucking like this. And then you have that eventual buildup of, hey, you know, Russell being a crime boss and, you know, getting orders from the uh, higher ups, as they call them, um, having to talk to Frank's like, hey, either you talk some sense into your friend Jimmy here or we're going to have to do something about it. And that's just the way it is. Right. So eventually, as I said, Jimmy Hoffa being the immovable object as he is with a great performance, as I stated previously by Al Pacino and just refusing and playing this stubborn guy who just felt like, hey, like this is my spot. I earned that shit. You know, I went to prison because of you, dumbasses. Like you guys were the ones that hired, you know, JFK, and then he ended up hiring Robert Kennedy, and that's why I was in prison. Like that's the only reason I lost my spot at the top of the hill. Um, So yeah, he refused, and then you had that eventual buildup of Russell telling, "Hey, Frank, I'm sorry, you're gonna have to take him out, man. That's the only option." We tried to work with him, we tried to reason with him. He he refuses, and then yeah, so it kind of ends with Frank going to kill Jimmy Hoffa. And they show you how kind of the hit was planned and what they did to get rid of the body so there's no evidence and all that. All that good stuff. Like I said, there's a shitload of stuff that happens in this movie, so it's three and a half hours long, so I'm having a, a lot of trouble remembering every specific detail. <clears throat> but um, it's definitely a movie worth watching uh, because there's. I think they ride off of. Something about Martin Scorsese's filmmaking where he has this, I want to say he's got a good knack for comedy, and I don't think it's, it's not comedy for comedy's sake, it's just more of like the situations and the scenarios that he puts his characters in, where it's something that should essentially make you feel uncomfortable because of the events that are unfolding, like these guys simply just, you know, going out and... taking a hit on somebody, you know, killing them and then, you know, oh yeah, we had to throw our guns in the lake or the, you know, the river, you know, to hide all the evidence. We all use the same spot though. So that's a funny thing, right? That they continuously use the same spot to get rid of their guns and nobody ever thought to look into the river, right? And if they did, they'd find all these guns with evidence, potential evidence linking the people to killings that they still had no evidence for, you know, who did these things, right? So, um, there's a lot of scenes like that where something serious is happening and then Martin Scorsese puts a little comedic touch on it to kind of lighten the uh lighten the mood, I wanna say, but um and just the delivery from Pacino and uh De Niro on how they kind of adopted their characters is just I don't know. I just I think it's some of the best acting I've seen this year, easily. Um so I, I don't see an issue there. I think the movie's gonna do relatively well riding off of the acting alone i just really think the the time the length of the film is going to deter a lot of audiences um because nobody wants to sit in a fucking movie for three and a half hours long man like it's just your your ass starts to fall asleep i think honestly my my ass cheeks went numb after a while but <laughs> besides the fact it's definitely a solid movie man and i i want to before i you know i end the review i want to talk about one of the uh the big points of the movie, you know, being a a Netflix film, and Martin Scorsese is, uh, because the movie does do a a lot of period jumping, like I said, so it's, you see a lot of scenes where Robert De Niro's in his 20s, and he's, you know, he's in the army, and then you see where he's probably like late 20s, you know, he first runs into meeting Russell, Joey Pesh Joe Pesci's a character, and then you also have scenes where he's very, you know, very old, I can't, tell you the age per se, I want to say late 80s, early 80s maybe, where he's in the retirement home. Um, the makeup on these characters was really well done. Now for the scenes where they went back in time and you're seeing a Robert De Niro maybe 20, early 20s, late 20s, they're using de-aging technology there. So something that was utilized for a lot of Disney films and Marvel Studios films, um, as in like Ant-Man for example, when they had to de-age Hank Pym. Um, <clears throat> or even in uh, Civil War where they de Robert Downey Jr.'s character, uh, Tony Stark. So they use that same technology here to de-age both Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro. Which I gotta say, it was a little weird to, to adjust to because it's it's kind of like that deep fake technology. I don't know if you guys seen those deep fake things where they're kind of like replacing other actors' faces onto uh, a previously filmed scene to like replace them so there's a couple out there that they've done but it kind of does it kind of looks like that where like the i want to say like the framing and the the refresh rates a little off but it looked really freaking good like robert de niro looked like he was 20 year old robert de niro and and i like i said once you adjust you you kind of just forget that it's there and you're just assuming hey that's a 20 year old robert de niro the only thing that kind of gave it away was the eyes right the eyes still looked aged they looked a little bit cgi'd so it gave it a little bit of a it didn't look refined. It didn't look like it was touched up. So there's only a couple of those scenes where you kind of notice that. And same thing with Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci is freaking old, man. And they were able to take it easily 20, 20 30 years off the guy. Because, man, did he look? does he look old right now. And especially those scenes later in the movie where it, you know it's more current time. Like, he looks like a walking corpse, man. <laughs> so that technology is very impressive. I think people were a little uh sketch at first didn't think that it was going to look well and they thought it was probably going to take away from the feeling of the movie the more realistic approach uh given that you know martin scorsese is not really big on the whole cgi aspect of stuff so he's he's known for doing a lot of practical stuff um so yeah i think i was that the aging technology is very impressive man i was and i don't think at one nowhere in the movie did it take away from the the full immersion of the film right it was it was just really cool to see a young robert de niro like holy shit man that's good fellows robert de niro that's straight up so um i thought that was pretty cool man i think it was nicely done uh they didn't overdo it you only had a couple scenes where they were going back in time to the younger versions of the characters but uh yeah other than that man i definitely i think this movie is really good one of the best movies i've seen this year uh, in terms of like the crime thrillers and stuff. And um, I think it's going to do relatively well. Uh, I don't know how they even track how well it does. Because it, it's got a limited theater release. And it's technically a Netflix film. So I, I, like I said, I don't, I don't know. Like I'm not, I don't know how they, how they manage that, that financial sort of put back that they get from Netflix. Based off of subscribers or how many views or something. Because I think it's only out in theaters for one week, and that was last week, so the the theater, theatrical run might be over. I think already. So, yeah. Uh, other than that, I mean, I think it'll get a lot of views. I guess I don't know how much money it's gonna bring in, because like I said, I don't know how that how that works in the back end with Netflix and you know releasing on their platform. But I do think that there's gonna be some definite Oscar uh, nods for Robert De Niro and Al Pacino, because like I said, their their performance is just. It's almost haunting, man, of how well they played these characters. And like I said, Robert Niro, just watching Robert De Niro and just how he plays this character and how he's emotionally withholding to himself and he's acting like he's more of a victim than the person actually doing these acts, you know, killing these people. It's like, oh, I had no choice. Like, I just, you know, there was no other way to do it. It's, it is what it is, right? So, And that's just kind of how he narrates it. Like, he was a victim of these choices that he made rather than being the one driving these choices. He knew what he was doing. And I think he refuses to take a responsibility till to the very end of the movie, where he's trying to sort of confessing and for his sins, you know. But uh, yeah, that's the review, guys. That's The Irishman. Definitely go check it out on Netflix. If it's still out in theaters, I would recommend seeing it in theaters. Just be prepared; it's a three and a half hour long movie, guys. But it is definitely worth it. Uh, it's if you want to see some of the best performances that you've seen in for this year, this is probably the movie. Uh, like I said, I really think they're going to get some Oscar nods. Hell, Robert De Niro might even win. Uh, he did a solid job, man. So, definitely go check this movie out, guys. Also, uh, be on the lookout for some other reviews that I got coming out. I'm probably going to be doing uh, Ford versus Ferrari and then uh, also Knives Out. Uh, so, be on the lookout for those that dropped this sometime this week. Uh, let us know how you guys are enjoying our podcast. You know, do you guys have any recommendations? Uh, are there movies that you guys want us to review uh, you know, like I said, it doesn't matter what it is. If it's something that you're interested in, let us know. We'll go check it out. We'll give you an honest review, and we'll let you know if it's worth your time or not. Uh, but, yeah, guys, thanks for joining us, man. We'll see you guys next time. Later.